All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. It's a BYU preview today, and quite frankly, a must-win game for Texas Tech if they hope to make a bowl game in Provo this weekend. We'll take a look at what BYU's done the last few games that has worked for them, hasn't worked for them, what can Texas Tech exploit, and more importantly, from a Texas Tech perspective, How do you win this game with quite possibly, probably pretty likely, a true freshman third string redshirt quarterback? So before I get into it, let me annoy y'all for a bit here. If y'all can, give us a rating and review. Really helps us uh, grow the show and hopefully gets it to more people if we can beat BYU. And we could all be a bit happier next week. But taking a look at BYU... The first thing I want to talk about is their offense. And I don't know how to put this nicely. So BYU, their offense, quite frankly, is not very good. Um, You can go through everything on their offense, and there doesn't seem to be a real strong point. There may be some decent things they do decently, but there's nothing that they do that sticks out at you that okay, this is how they beat you, at least offensively. And it's kind of weird with BYU because they did go through a stretch there. Before the TCU game, they scored scored 35 against Cincinnati, 27 against Kansas, and 38 against Arkansas. So they are scoring points. Now, how are they doing it? They're getting into short fields. And a key for them is their quarterback, Kendon Slovis. And the best news for Texas Tech, Because you really haven't had a quarterback that can't run completely obliterate you yet this season. I mean, I know Avery Johnson was pretty good in the passing game, but it was the run game that was his biggest threat. Bo Nix used the run well, and he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Of course he's going to have a good game against you. Kenan Slovis had 152 yards against TCU. He went for 223 against Cincinnati, 357 against Kansas. They were playing from behind that entire game. And he also went for 167 through the air against Arkansas. He has not had a game where he's been positive in rushing yards. He's had negative rushing yards every game. And yes, that is accounting for sacks. But every quarterback that you've played against that's been able to use their leg has been well positive in the rushing yards category. So that's a relief for Texas Tech. Another relief in the passing game is you're getting Braylon Lux back. He will be back, Uh, so will Bryce Ramirez as a linebacker. So that's a little bit of relief for you. You should be able to contain their passing game, and quite frankly, they don't have a ton of receivers that stand out. They have a sophomore, Chase Roberts. He has 27 catches on the year, 421 yards. He had six catches for 131 yards against Cincinnati before being silenced, really, by that TCU defense. Darius... Lassiter, he had a huge game against Kansas. He had eight receptions for 84 yards, but he's only had two catches their past two games. And Isaac Rex, that's really all there is for their receivers that jump out on the page at you. Isaac Rex is their tight end. He's key. He's been, he was big for them in the first four games. On the year, he has 19 catches for 225 yards. But over the last two weeks, he only has two catches for 15 yards. So what we're seeing is two of their three really best targets have just completely dropped off over the last few weeks. And this is something Texas Tech can exploit. 
you're getting a DB back in Braylon Lux, who's a good corner for you, quite possibly your best corner, maybe your second best guy in the secondary behind Rabbit. Other than that, Kendon Slovis, who I just have to point this out, this guy's development has been atrocious, absolutely atrocious. So he has had a couple good games where he went for some big numbers. He hasn't been bad. He has beat Arkansas on the road, although Arkansas stinks. Everything about that program is not so good right now. But he did beat them on the road. He beat Cincinnati. He had a good game against Kansas coming from behind. But this guy, his first three years of his career were spent at USC. He had a good completion percentage his first year. A good one his second, but worse than the first. Then an okay completion percentage his third year. He has fallen off the cliff every single year. Kendon Slovis, so far, through five seasons, has had a worse completion percentage than the previous year. It is honestly mind-boggling. Of course, that means he's going to drop 400 yards on us. Not really. I don't think that's going to happen. But another encouraging thing has got to be when you just look at this team's run game. So, looking at their run game, they only have 405 rushing yards on the season through six games. Well under 100 rushing yards a game. Their leading rusher, and really the only guy they give the ball, nobody else has 65-plus rushing yards for them, is LJ Martin who has 345 yards on the year, which isn't terrible, but it's only four yards a carry. I mean, their rush game is almost non-existent. And this is something that I pointed out last week. I was super high on our rush defense, and we got torched. This could be a really good bounce-back spot for this defense against BYU's rush game. And quite frankly... There's not a ton I see. The only good thing for this team is they don't turn the ball over a ton. They've only lost three fumbles. They've thrown four picks on the year. Ken Slovis has been sacked nine times, so they don't turn the ball over a ton. They're really good in the turnover department. They're definitely in the positive. But this is an offense that can be exploited. Now, just looking at their defense, they only have seven sacks this year. They're really their only huge threat. The only guy with more than one sack on the year is their edge rusher, Tyler Batty. He has three and a half. But this team does force turnovers. I said they only threw four picks this season. Well, they've picked off they've picked off eight passes. So they have a two-to-one interception ratio, and they've had three fumble recoveries, so they are even in the fumble department and two-to-one in the interceptions, which is going to be a problem for Tex Tech, starting Jake Strong, who threw three picks in 30 minutes last week. This could be a real problem for Tex Tech. This is how BYU beats you. They get short fields, and then one or two pass plays later, drive over, they got seven points off of that. Defensively, just diving into what they do, I heard that their rush defense isn't good. I may push back a bit on that. I don't think it's been terrible. TCU went for twenty, had 27 attempts, 131 yards for a 5.1 average, which is not good defensively. But Cincinnati, they went 47 attempts, 242 yards, 5.1 average. But that's counting Emory Jones, excluding him. They only had a 4.48 yards per carry ratio. Kansas, they exploited them a bit. 
They had 37 carries for 221 yards, 6 yards a carry. And Devin Neal, their top running back, had 17 carries for 91 yards, 5.4 average. average. Arkansas, they only had a 4.5 average, but you can go into Arkansas. um, They do not run the football well. They, They... Quite honestly, I don't think Arkansas does anything well. I I have no clue what they do out there. But what would Jake Strong look like? What can he look like? Because the last two quarterbacks that they played, Josh Hoover for TCU, a backup, went for 439 yards. Emory Jones went for 256. Jalen Daniels was hurt. He only went for 130. K.J. Jefferson went for 247. That's the bright spot of the Arkansas team, which says something. So, how does Tex Tech win this game? How can you win this game? You have, First off, need to address the quarterback situation. I would be shocked if Baron Morton starts this game. I do not see Baron starting this game. Is it possible? Yes, but I would be shocked. I think that right now it's a three and a half point line. You're going to get more of a guide on whether Baron's going to start or not on Friday, on Saturday morning, by how the, that line moves. If... It moves to four and a half, five and a half for Tex Tech. Then I think that Baron, there's a good chance he starts. But I see this line coming down to two and a half, one and a half before the game. I, I would wait to bet on this game until the last moment because I think this line's going to come down because I really don't see Baron Morton starting this game. And by the way, that may not be a bad thing for Tech. I know that it's never good to lose your starting quarterback. But he's obviously banged up. Giving him this week off, giving him next week with the buy off, that would be huge for him. I think that could really help you down the stretch against TCU, Kansas, UCF. Maybe you get him completely healthy by the time you play in Austin and you have a shot in that game. But how does Jake? How do you call this offense around Jake Strong? So the rush defense hasn't been good. They're going to know that you're going to rush it on, run it on them. I don't think their rush defense is quite as horrific as some people may think, but this is definitely a point that Tex Tech needs to go out there and exploit that defense. They need to give Taj Brooks at least 25 carries in this game. I mean, there is no excuse not to give Taj Brooks at least 25. And if you want to give him a break, you have Nehemiah Martinez that's the same type of back. You have Cameron Valdez who can bust a hole that if he gets a hole, could be gone for you. could be very explosive. You need to run the ball this game. That is the key to the game, running the football. And now their pass defense hasn't been great, so there could be some confidence building for Jake Strong who, man, after throwing three picks, you got to think his confidence – Maybe it's a bit dinged up. Maybe he's more comfortable because he's started the game. Maybe his preparation's different now that he knows he's going to start. But I will say this. Some people who are holding out hope that, well, with a, with a week of running with the ones, he may be good. He ran with the ones all week against Houston. He ran with the ones all week against Baylor. He ran with the ones all week except for Friday before the Kansas State game. I mean... His practice probably looked pretty much like it looked the last three weeks this past week because he's been he's been running with the ones since that West Virginia game. And right now, it looks like Brady Boyd's your backup quarterback. Man, I one thing that we can't do, we can't run it with Jake Strong. And I, I get that it's football, plays happen. 
if Jake Strong goes down off a run, and he could go down off a sack. That's very possible. He could go down uh, off of being hit after the ball is thrown or something like that, and that's just football. There's no fault in that one. Can't blame anyone there except for your O-line. But you cannot run this ball with Jake Strong. You can't do it. You, you just cannot do it. If, you go, if he goes down, you are throwing a wide receiver in there at quarterback. Quinn Ewers' high school teammate, high school receiver, in at quarterback on a road game in the Big 12. That's bad. That That is not good. Um, I'll tell you what. I don't know who the third string is. I live about eight hours from Salt Lake City. You know, I was playing slope. I have a bad right shoulder. I had to ice it after throwing a ball from second to first, and the dang thing still hurts from a slow-pitch softball game on Sunday. But, you know, I, I can make the drive. I, I think I, I'd like to give this QB thing a shot if, if necessary. So if anybody's listening, you need a third string, give me a call. I, I don't need a scholarship or anything like that. Just enroll me in general studies. But, man, the way that you help him out passing-wise is, one, you keep him upright. You don't run the ball. If he has to, if you want to go back to those wide receiver screens, and I haven't been a huge fan of them. I think they work with Miles Price. You can throw the wide receiver screens. I think that's a good pass for him. I think that's good when... I, I think that would be really good for Jake Strong. It's not a high-pressure throw. It's a pretty safe throw, and you're getting it right into Miles Price's hands or Xavier White's hands, somebody that can make a play in the field. I think that's... That would be a great move by Tex Tech to do some wide receiver screens. And I haven't been a huge fan of the wide receiver screens. I like them sometimes. Not a huge fan of the over-reliance on them. But I think that's a play that we're going to need to see. Another thing is, I think over the middle, you have to... You you can get the ball to Miles Price and Xavier White over the middle and let them try to make a play. Miles Price is probably the best one at making a play. But... The key for Jake Strong has got to be, if it's not there, don't throw it. If it's not there, don't throw it. If it if it's not a good window, do not let go of that football. Just go to a second read, toss it to your running back, toss it to a tight end, oh, whatever it is. Do not throw the ball if it's not there because BYU will live off of turnovers. They will live off of short fields. That's how their offense does something with the numbers I just said about their offense. So... Get it to Miles Price. Get it to Xavier White over the middle if you can. Throw some wide receiver screens. I don't mind the occasional deep shot to Koi Aiken or Jerram Bradley. Jerram Bradley, I mean, he was Sports Center top play on Sports Center Saturday night, but he hasn't been as aggressive as you would like him to be. He just hasn't throughout this year. He hasn't been aggressive. He's had moments, but. You haven't seen a constant level of aggression of going up and getting that ball from him. That's something that needs to change to help out Jake Strong this week. Koy Aiken, he's had some drop problems, but he's been developing really well. He's almost pretty clearly your number two outside receiver right now. I don't mind an occasional shot to him. We saw one down the sideline that it worked. We saw that throw in the end zone to Jerram Bradley that Jake Strong can make those throws. The problem is, all his interceptions pretty much came over the middle. If we're going to go over the middle, it has to be something with space there. And set it up by running the ball and running play action. Get the linebacker committing to the run. Get him biting on the run. 
open up some space for your young quarterback. The run game is going to have to set everything up for Texas Tech this weekend. It's going to have to be the run game. And now you can exploit them in the passing game after that, but you need to have BYU looking for that run game. You need to run play action. You need to set it up so that Jake Strong is in the best possible position to succeed. And if you do that, if you do that game plan, you run those plays, you make it easy on Jake Strong, and you lose the game, hands up, hats off, I'm not complaining about the offensive play calling. I'm not. If you make it as, if you try to make it as easy as possible for Jake Strong, play to his strengths, try to help him out with the defense, by running the ball, take pressure off his shoulders, have them commit to play action, and you lose this game, I, I'll take that. I will take that play calling. I will take my chances with that play calling. Also, I don't know what this situation was, whether Jake Strong, because I know Barron and Tyler both have control of, at the line. I don't know if Jake Strong has the same freedoms at checks on the line. I heard something saying... He called his own number on the speed option. He called some of those deep shots. I don't believe that to be true. He was looking over at the sideline a lot. But if he was, two things. One, that takes guts, and I admire him for doing that. Two, he shouldn't do that anymore. He wasn't that good at it. Um, and he's just too young to be expected to be that good at it. So, in conclusion, you're going to need to take care of the football you're going to need to put Jake Strong in good positions. And there really is a chance Tech can win this game. And the rest of the season, it has to be about making a bowl game now. If you can go into Austin at 6-5 and five and take your chances in that one and maybe you have Barron back completely healthy, you'd be in a good position. You'd feel good about how this season finished. But there is, and it's almost not even worth talking about, the goal of this team was to win the Big 12 earlier in the year. That's not quite out of reach. You take a look at a lot of the teams with one loss. You have Iowa State, Oklahoma State, who you don't expect to stay up there. You have Kansas State, who still has to go to Texas, still plays um, Kansas. So there are some opportunities for this team if they can win this game. If Tech can win this game, you can almost sit back on the bye week, let your team get healthy, which this team desperately needs right now. I mean, this team has gone through a ton of injuries. Some bad luck with the NCAA, too, with a couple waivers with Eldridge and McCarty. But if you win this game, you watch the games next week, maybe we have a different discussion about the Big 12. But this feels like a must-win game for Tex Tech to make a bowl game, and it is a game they can win. This is a game Tex Tech can definitely win. BYU is not that good. You're getting a DB back who's really going to help you out in Braylon Lux. And if you make it easy on Jake Strong, j- just make Jake Strong a game manager. I mean, we saw we saw Zach Hitley do this against Houston and Baylor. Those two games, I love the way he called those two games. I don't know why he went away from it in the second half against Kansas State, but if he goes back to it against BYU, this is a very winnable game for Texas Tech. But that's going to do it for this one. We'll be back next week, and it's going to be a bye week, so we're actually going to get some basketball preview in. We're going to talk about basketball media days. What the heck did I just say? But we'll be talking about basketball media days, um, how the rest of the season is shaping up, and 
we'll recap the BYU game. So if y'all can, go ahead and give this a rating and review. We really do appreciate it. It helps us grow the show and the program. Uh, But that's going to do it for this one. Um, Yeah, and Jake Strong, we have to trust.